Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, the only podcast out there in which your favorite Broadway stars determine which It's a Small World doll is their favorite. Before I introduce this episode's guest, I want to thank some of the new Patreon supporters. E-Ticket member Miguel from Spain, C-Ticket members Tracy and Arlo from California, and A-Ticket member Jason B. from New York. These wonderful people are helping yours truly to create more episodes and are helping to make the world a better place. As part of their contributions on Patreon, go directly to Gilana's Fund. Check out www.eticketpodcast.com to learn more, and be sure you're following E-Ticket to Broadway on Instagram to join the community. Also helping Gilana's Fund grow is a wonderful new hand embroidery business tailored for magic. Taylor Nevin is an amazing young woman who creates her own style of Disney magic by placing your favorite Disney characters onto clothing for a truly awesome, unique way to show off your Disney style. In fact, I have a very cool new dopey sweatshirt thanks to her. You can learn more about her work by visiting her Instagram page at tailoredformagic, and when you visit her site to make a purchase, be sure to use code ETICKET, that's E-T-I-C-K-E-T, for $10 off and... For each order placed by one of you incredible listeners, she'll make a donation to Gilana's Fund. How's that for making the world a better, more magical place? I'm very grateful to Taylor for her work. And now, on to the episode. I only met this guest in person about a year ago, but of course, as soon as we met, all we talked about was Disney. She starred on Broadway in Kiss Me Kate and on the national tour of Newsies, in addition to some very cool film and television credits. And she truly loves Disney. Get ready to walk right down the middle of Main Street, USA with Stephanie Stiles. Stephanie, welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway. I love that I've connected with another Ultimate Disney Parks fan. Did you sleep at all last night knowing that we were going to discuss Disney Parks at length today? No, I truly, like... This is the most excited I've been about something in a very long time. This morning, I watched some park YouTube videos to prep. I like picked out my outfit. They won't be able to see, but because I know Disneyland is your land, I wore a Disneyland sweatshirt. So I love it. You know, that is so sweet. Very of exciting. You. The way oh you gosh, said Disneyland course. is your land sounded just like Walt Disney. That was my intent. I'm just so excited. So, Stephanie, we were connected first in a Twitter message group with Leslie Margarita, Andrew Barth Feldman, Rachel Zegler called Fast Pass to Musical Theater. And I literally was like, wow, this girl loves Disney. That was a beautiful moment. And I forgot who made it, but it truly was like this incredible amalgamation of people who all, I mean, loved these two things, but on a level which we all like, you know, what I was saying, this Venn diagram of musical theater people. But Disney people, which is also, I believe, you know, a Venn diagram that's basically a circle because most people who like Disney, I think, also enjoy musical theater, which is why this podcast is so great. It's a really special group of people. And there's definitely a focus on the artistic side of all of it, which I think makes it even more exciting to talk about. I mean, that's what's great about your rope drop episode I listened to today. Because when you start talking about how your love of directing and your desire to be an Imagineer eventually, those two things are so... uh, one, they're hand in hand. And I think, you know, it's the storytelling elements. And for me, like, even I was watching a video this morning about just like the theming of Animal Kingdom and just some of the, you know, how Joe Rohde and everyone there, like, there's so much they didn't need to do, but they did. And like, those details are like why I love Disney and especially the Disney parks so much. Stephanie, when did you first realize that you were a true Disney kid? I think it was kind of subconscious because parents were so great about taking us and it was always a thing with my mom she knew she was like I wanted to take my kids to the Disney parks when I have kids before she even had us probably before she was even married so we we went often and I'm super lucky for that we were world kids and I think it was 
I mean, it was just totally a part of my life. Like I remember everything about me kind of starts with Disney, even my love for musical theater and my love for storytelling. It started with those nineties Disney's Renaissance and Beauty and the Beast was my first Broadway show I saw. And there's just been so many Disney elements that have followed my career. So there's been a time where I can imagine it started. I do think, I don't know if it's the same for you. I can like pinpoint a time in my life where I realized I was becoming an adult who liked Disney and where I was being more, less passive in that, in that I be, had a more active relationship with kind of um, cultivating that relationship with Disney and that when I went to college and I was on my own for the first time, I remember having nights where it's like, well, I'm done with school. What do I do? I can do whatever I want. And I sat with my laptop and Googled Disney trivia and drank large glasses of milk. Like I was really cool in college. And so it just was a time where I remember I was like, oh, there's other people who are my age who still love this. I can continue to learn more. And there's so many incredible outlets where I can can learn more about Imagineering or the parks behind the scenes. And I just realized like there were so many more people like us that were adults, that were fans, but really wanted to learn about the history and and what was coming next even. I love that. What about you? Well, I was going to say, as you said that, I was like that transition from being the young to the young at heart. And that's when that feels- I love that. Yeah, right. I want a t-shirt that says that. Yes. I mean, you worked at the parks in, when did you say, 2004? Five for the 50th. Five. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I was there for the 50th. I mean, I, I, I uh, just, I totally relate. I remember in college, you know, as I was decorating my apartments and my dorm room, I was like putting up Disney and friends were being like, that's stupid. It's like, I don't, is it? You know, I, I yeah. really like this. I definitely remember a time in middle school, I, I held a cookie and brownie bake sale and the money that I was able to raise, I bought a Seven Dwarfs really bright blue hoodie from the Disney store. And some kids in seventh grade teased me about it. And I was so excited to wear it. And I remember being like, no, the Seven Dwarfs are cool. I would have come up to you and be like, the oldest person I know, David. So speaking of being a kid, you starred in the National Tour of Newsies. Was that movie a staple of your childhood? What's why that Newsies? And it's been a while since I did the press tour, so my facts may not be totally straight. But I believe the Newsies film starring Christian Bale came out in 1992. I was born in 91. So for me, I missed the original launch of Newsies. And so I think, like... For fansies, there's a huge element of the people who grew up with Newsies. And then because it's kind of timeless tale that really just reestablishes itself with every generation coming up and kind of taking their place in the world. I really fell in love with Newsies. I think when I saw the Broadway show, it was always, I always loved the material. I always loved it. But I remember seeing it on Broadway while I was in college at Michigan and being like, this show is incredible. And what I loved about it was that it had the quintessential Disney elements. You had these, I I think the thing about a Disney protagonist kind of is different than anything else is that no, Disney knows so well how to, you know, personify hope in these characters and just, and the fight and the hope of, you know, Jack Kelly and Catherine and being from two totally different backgrounds but that drive and passion they have and just seeing these characters who are quintessential Disney, we're singing amazing Alan Menken tunes, but it's a true story. It's really high stakes and seeing that, but also like seeing Ryan Steele and like all these amazing guys just being incredible. I, I couldn't, it was, I just remember seeing that and being like, that is amazing. I don't know how they do it. I think that was my freshman year at Michigan. And then I ended up auditioning for Newsies while I was still at school as a senior. So it was very full circle. I mean, again, like the Disney movies just live in the world that whenever, however old we are and we see it, we we relate in different ways. And I love that your journey with Newsies was later in your life than, you know, when I saw it when I was a kid and seeing all the, I had a different reaction to seeing all those newsboys when I was in elementary <laughs> school. 
<laughs> definitely confirmed some things for me. I love that. Did you see it in, was it in theaters or did you see it at VHS? No, I mem- I, I think I saw it in the movie theater, but definitely we had it on VHS. For sure we did. Amazing. Because I was, you know, I, I was born halfway through the 80s. So as I was getting older, I grew up with the Renaissance. You know, <sighs> Little Mermaid was 89. I remember seeing that in the movie theater. And it just hit, it, it really solidified this love of Disney. That's amazing. I can't imagine being in a movie theater and hearing, maybe he's right. Maybe there is something the matter with me. Like in a dark movie theater, I would have, my body would be a goosebump. I definitely remember in Little Mermaid seeing Ariel swim to the top of the grotto at the end of Part of Your World. I remember <gasps> that as a kid. It's, it's incredible. We were talking uh, before this about Howard, but it's definitely, I mean, Howard on Disney Plus right now cannot recommend it enough. It's just, I'm, he's one of those people that I'm like, if I could have dinner with anyone in the planet, on the planet, living or dead, like he, and those moments are part of your world. I mean, that's so much him. And so just, you know, recommendation, watch Howard and Disney Plus. So Stephanie, I know that you have been to, you know, you grew up in Texas, question mark. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Texas. Yes. So probably Disney World was your youth, but you've been to Disneyland many times. Are there things that you like better at land than world and vice versa? What's great is that I was raised on world. World is what I really associate my childhood. However, as someone who is now primarily based in Los Angeles, at least over the past few years, I have, I'm an annual pass holder for land. So land has been the park that as an adult, I've really established a relationship with. And there's things I love about both. I love that being an annual pass holder at Disneyland, it's as though, you know, I could go in an afternoon and say, you know what, I just want to after work, go see the fireworks and eat at Carnation Cafe and like maybe ride pirates. Whereas like world, I went for New Year's and you know, you do it all. You go all day. What I love about land is, um, this is tricky because I'm like, I don't want to say it's, it's not an argument of quality over quantity, but it's this thing of that when you go to land, it's so a, it's so doable. It's so, everything is attainable because you can do what you want in a day more or less. And I love that. I love the, I also just think there's so many elements that are, you know, it's the original. You have these incredible things, but then there's like the quaint corners. So I have both. And I think world will always be my childhood to me, whereas land, it's kind of like, it feels like home now and that it's, you know, where I'm choosing to be. And then world is like what I come back to. So I love both. I definitely, you know, if, if we want to do like ride by ride comparisons, I definitely have my favorites. And, um, but I think there's magic in both. And I'm, I think they're so different because you were raised on land, but you've obviously spent time at world. Only twice. But enough to really appreciate everything that you just said that, you know, Epcot and Animal Kingdom, you know, and, and even Hollywood Studios, what we don't have a DCA, it's, it is really exciting. And for me, Disneyland is built on, on nostalgia and childhood memories. So for me, it, it always has my heart, but because yeah. like the international parks, I, I see the charm and the, the draw for each of them. When did you last go to world? 2016. Okay. So you've done Pandora? Or no? No, no I can't wow. wait. Flight of Passage, I cannot wait. It's, it's unbelievable. Speaking of attractions, this is also from a fan, Eden Corner. But I both, I want to know this as well. What is your favorite attraction? I, you know, I always say my quick answer is Peter Pan's Flight. I'm a big Peter Pan's Flight. That was my favorite growing up as a child. And I think there's something about even that cue that like just gets me going. But I do think, I mean, speaking of Radiator Springs, I do believe that I think Radiator Springs Racers is kind of a perfect attraction for me and that it encapsulates all the things I love about a classic Disney attraction, classic Disney dark ride, incredible theming, and then family level thrill, which I love. But then at the same time, I mean, I love, I would say probably my favorite mountain is space, but um, 
I also have, there's just, I, I love so many of them. I think that Peter Pan's Flight though is that nostalgic favorite for me. But then I love, I mean, I love Flight of Passage, love Rise. Um, I'm a big Carousel of Progress gal. So we have a few and I think those are, I'm trying to, I'm probably forgetting something, but I am also, I think you talked about this in one other episode. I'm basically a giant ad for your podcast. But I, know, I, love so, it. <laughs> I think I think it was the Susan Egan episode where we talk about there's so many, especially Disneyland, there's so many corners that I'll discover or things that I won't do. You were talking about you was it you or Susan who had never done the tiki room? Or was it you when you're so I visit? had never done it until I worked there down the tiki room. Yeah. I I think one time I'd never been to Tom Sawyer's Island, or as an adult at least. I was just gonna say that I the first time I did that was last November. I had never been to the island. And of course, once I was up there, I was like, this is where Mickey shoots sparks from his fingers. That's one of my special skills is that I can do the entire Mickey Mouse track to Fantasmic physically. And that has to be part two of this episode. Listen. I love, this is not in Fantasmic 2.0, but after he like does his opening bit, he like shoots fire from his fingers and he just like turns the side, hands the in the The side lower. bow. Yeah, the side bow. And then like fire, like water screen out. And he's like, I did my job. He's like, it is done. Some imagination, huh? Huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. That's good, that's, that's good. really good. Listen, some of them are better than others. I can only do the oh boy, and even then it's bad. Can you do it now or no? Yeah, I'm gonna do or it. Or do you wanna surprise <laughs> me? Okay. No, no, no. Go. Oh, <laughs> no, I have to do that. Oh, boy. If I clap into the mic, is that going to be too abrasive? But I'm, I'm giving you a, a very soft round of applause over here. I'm really bad at impressions, but like that one and also Winnie the Pooh's Oh, bother. Are like the only two things I can kind of do. That's the most tender thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I know, it's life. really tender. Speaking of favorite things from the parks, is there a favorite like piece of merchandise or mouse ears sweatshirt that you bought? Ooh. Collectible item. I used to, circa Newsies, I was obsessed with Vinylmation. Oh, yeah. The little figurines um, that were like Mickey shaped, but painted over. And I've had some amazing people in my life. Oh, who was it? Um, someone painted me a Catherine Plummer Vinylmation that I still have to this day. Um, but I, I used to collect Vinylmation. I collected those Disney animator collection dolls, like the young versions of all the princesses. But nowadays, really, I'm trying to think. I, I love, obviously, um, I'm, I, was, I've, I've, I have pins, I have ears, I have a little bit of everything, but I think it would be tough for me to collect, continue to collect one thing because it could be disastrous for me. I know, I know. <laughs> But um, I did, I just got a record player and I am really trying to find some like deep cut old Disney EPs. I have a Main Street Electrical Parade and just these like really um, crinkly ones that I love so much. And then I'm also, as you see, I love a good vintage uh, sweatshirt as well. It's so. good, it's a great sweatshirt. We'll have to take a picture and put it on the Instagram page. I have an MGM Studios one that's a treasured possession. Don't go on eBay. It's my one advice. Oh, Just no. What don't. are you? Do you collect anything? It's, I mean, I briefly for the, um, so for the 80th anniversary of Snow White pop dolls, there was the whole like mm. s- the dwarfs and the, and the witch and Snow White. And I bought some and then I was like, oh, there's a Peter Pan one. That's cool. Oh, then there's some Mickey ones. And then there's like the Disney theme parks. <laughs> and I was like, I have got to stop. But I definitely just collect dopey collectibles. I love it so much. It's definitely a problem. <laughs> but it makes me so happy. Um, And then here's like a random thing, and I don't have a very good answer, but it's almost a question that came out of an observation that I had last time I was in World. I was doing the queue of Space Mountain, and I saw all these, uh, they're kind of like Discovery Zone back in the day, like balls that are at the bottom randomly of Space Mountain queue, and they're blue. And I thought, I was like, what if you had one of those balls from the queue Space Mountain, like in your house, and you're like, oh, this, this is that. What is that item for you? What is that item for me? That if we just had, like, oh, this is a leaf from It's a Small World. What would what would those little things be? 
I think as I become more of a young at heart, what I really want to start investing in is like Disneyland history, kind of what you're saying. Not so much like, but like, you know, going to those auction houses. I actually just recently purchased a, a dopey pencil holder from the 60s oh. from Disneyland. But there was a moment um, in 2012, I got the honor of putting John Stamos into The Best Man on Broadway. And he is, of course, a huge Disney fan and a really yes. great guy. And when he got back to LA, he was like sharing me from his house. He's like, oh, look at this. Because he has like really awesome Disneyland memorabilia. Yeah. And I want to like aspire to that level of Disney collectible. That would be incredible. One day I'll be like, oh, this is an original Atopia car. Yes, or this signage. I know he has a lot of signage, which he does is a lot of signage. so cool. Stephanie, if you could go to Disney with any Disney legend, whether they're still with us or not, who would it be? And you cannot choose Walt. Um, okay. So the one I would have dinner with is Howard Ashman because it's, I just think he, I think he's a genius. I think, especially if you watch Howard, how integral he was to all of these plots and the stories of these shows, just the way his mind works and watching him coach people. I just, I think he's a genius. I would love, 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 love to be with him. But otherwise, when it comes to the parks, I would probably say definitely someone from Imagineering. So it's probably like, like a Bob Gurdjieff, Rhodey, Tony Baxter. One of those elements I think would be incredible. Bob Gurr has my heart. I have spoken to him one time and I wept. Joe Rhodey, I think is the coolest. My friend's trivia team is called Joe Rhodey's Earring. Their Disney trivia team. <laughs> and then, um, shout out to Sarah Tiffin Patrick. And uh, then also, I just think obviously like Tony Baxter, he's, he's a legend. But, um, but at the same time, I'm sure like sitting down with Mary Blair would be incredible. Oh my gosh, but totally. These, I didn't think about These like older, I definitely, I mean, cause this, we haven't ever stated this, like, but I, we both are obsessed with Disney, but for me, Parks has always been the like number one outlet of trivia and fascination for me personally, and Imagineering in the parks and history of the parks with Walt and, you know, what they aim to do in the future with the parks, as opposed to, obviously, I love animation. Obviously, I love all these different facets of Disney, but it's, it's I think the parks are like the main fascination that I have. What about you? What would you say? I'm same? the same. And like, even this podcast is about, you know, the parks people. I mean, listen, I appreciate Disney across the board and there would be no Disneyland without Mickey Mouse and Snow White and Peter Pan and Pinocchio. But my love is specifically Disneyland. So people will be like, Oh my gosh, you're so excited for this new Disney movie. It's like, Oh, sure. Or like, don't you love this movie? It's called Lady and the Tramp. It's like, Oh, I've actually never seen Lady and the Tramp. You know, I will, but my love is is specifically the park. So, like, I would much rather watch the Imagineering story than, you know, binge watch, you know, Lady and the Tramp and Bambi and Alice in Wonderland, which I, yeah. of course, respect and have a, a place in my heart for, but specifically when those stories appear in the parks. So, like, Alice in Wonderland, I have a more emotional connection to because of the ride, but Bambi, it's like, oh, cool, what a, what a beautifully made movie. And then I move mm -hmm. on. I'm surprised you went with, well, not really surprised because like my Disney go to the park with would be Julie Andrews just mm. to be able to hold her hand and just have her tell me everything's going to be okay. You could ride the carousel with Julie Andrews on jingles. How amazing would that be? I, it's like that. I also just want to like sit in front of the castle with her and just like hug. <sighs> I, that's what I want to hug Bob Gurr in his red sweater from the Imagineering story. And just to add... I do think in retrospect, obviously, going through the parks with Bob Iger, I would love. Because I am, I am a big, huge, giant Iger fan. So Bob Gurr, Bob Iger, we'll take it all. Oh, Suey, we'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, this Oh, <laughs> 
Stephanie, it's time for Fast Pass Answers. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, okay. You're going to have 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question to answer as many as you can. Okay, I'm nervous. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yes. Stephanie Stiles, who is your favorite Disney character? Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Name a character from Newsies. Catherine Clark from the, the, that's from the musical. Name a ride in California Adventure. Radiator Springs Racers. Favorite Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast. Name a song from Pinocchio. When You Wish Upon a Star. Favorite country in Epcot? UK. Name a character from Mulan. Mushu. Name a song from Phantom of the Opera. Music of the Night. <laughs> Time. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, can I just say that I could have done a lot better, but A, let me just say, Belle is my favorite princess. I have a favorite care for each subcategory, but I just okay. went princess because that's what I mainly chose in the moment. Well, let's um, go favorite villain. Favorite villain. Uh, I kind of Gaston. I definitely think Gaston, which is wild, but it's just like, I love that he uses antlers and all of his decorating. Yeah. Favorite sidekick. You're like, it's Lumiere. Like, well, I love <laughs> everyone's Beauty and the Beast. Well, here's what I'll say. I think I appreciate all sidekicks. I think sidekicks are great. But the one I think I would excel with personally, who just gets it, is Pascal. I love Pascal's sense of humor. I also love, you know, like just his sense of humor is so uh, nonverbal. Like when he just points to his hand when, I mean, Pascal's, I think identifies as male, correct? I believe so. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm, so. I might have wrong, but um. Pascal just, uh, Flynn Rider's getting healed by Rapunzel for the first time. And um, <laughs> Pascal just points to his hand and he's like, yeah, magic. Like, I love that. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so like Fab Five, other than Mickey, Donald, you know, we have different, but also Ursula and Ursula and um, Hades are so good. Oh, but Hades I'm just sort of, I'm a Beauty and the Beast gal. Beauty and the Beast is it. Love Beauty and the Beast. Um, but yeah. You did very well. And um, wait, but the, the operas, up. that's what I loved in the end. Well, you know, this is Circle, Broadway meets Broadway Con. And I do know that you do love a Phantom of the Opera song. So. I know. I love Phantom, Hunchback, Beauty and the Beast are all, I mean, Quasimodo is probably my favorite Disney hero. I love Quasimodo. On an episode, you say that you wrote the Imagineering that plans the Hunchback of Notre Dame attraction. That please, is true. Yes. Please give us the Reader's Digest version of said attraction. Is it boat ride? Is it, is it, what's the Omni Mover? Like, it was a dark ride, very similar to Snow White. You okay. were in a gargoyle that was like you would be in a Victor or Hugo or Laverne. Oh. Oh. And it would start at the Festival of Fools. And then there was like, you would then, the, the vehicle would go up, not like Peter Pan's flight, but you would feel like you're going up into, the, into Notre Dame. And okay. you get to see Quasimodo, but then of course there'd be like the Hellfire scene, there'd be the catacombs, you'd see Esmeralda singing the beautiful God Help the Outcasts. And <sighs> you know, then it would kind of be like Mr. S Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at the end, being like, what just happened? Immediately. It's Immediately. The Court of Miracles, Hellfire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were very, very wonderful. And they said, we cannot even keep this piece of paper because you're going to sue us if we do this. Um, but I was so touched and I will never forget. They sent me a, a um, Disney Adventures magazine. Remember those? <gasps> yes. And also the Disney magazine, which I loved. And then two postcards. One was a um, Peter with Wendy, John and Michael flying over London. And the uh. other postcard, I kid you not, was Snow White leaning over to kiss Dopey. And I loved it so much. I was like, how did they know I loved Dopey? That's amazing. That's, that's the Disney magic. Well, I am giving you a, a Snow White style forehead kiss all the way on the other side of this. Put on your thinking ears, it's trivia time. Oh boy. 
Okay, everyone. So this round of trivia is a bit different. Since Stephanie is such a fan and frequent visitor of the parks, I have three questions prepared and I've asked her to prepare three questions for me. So it's the battle of the Disney fans and I am very sure that I'm going to be terrible at this. No. This is going to be so fun. So um, we're just going to have fun nerding out over Disney trivia together. I can't wait. So I've got like easy, medium, and hard. I'm going to throw an easy one at you first. Okay. I don't know. I mean, this is what I'll say is I know a lot about certain elements of Disney, but I don't know everything. So I'm excited, ready for my quote unquote easy question. Okay. What does Epcot stand for? Experimental prototype. Although Walt called it City of Tomorrow in a few different previews, but Community of Tomorrow. Yeah, I think that was pretty easy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, why don't you, why don't you throw one at me? Okay. And mine are all Disneyland specific for you, sir. Thank you. You are so kind. What are the two places in Disneyland where you can buy a corn dog? And I need the exact name of both. I'm going to fail at this. And what's so funny is even when I worked there, I was like, there's only two places to get corn dogs. And I've forgotten. Let me think. I feel like one is definitely at the stage door cafe is that what it's called ding, 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 cafe. Ding, 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 yep. yes because i love getting my chicken um tenders and fries there before a phantasmic yes because that's the hack and this might help you a little bit that's the secondary place to get one most people don't get them there there's another there's another place that's very specific for corn dogs but the hack is that at stage door cafe you can get a side of fries the other one is very it's like what they're known for and i'll give you a hint yeah please do main street I was going to say it's definitely Main Street. Walking myself down Main Street. You're looking left. You get to the end. You're past Carnation Cafe. You're past everything. You go go left. You're like, nothing over there. You turn to the right. Yeah, I feel like it's a cart between like the Kodak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a cart. It's between the photo store and Plaza Inn, right? It's little. What's it called? Red. Wagon? Yep. You nailed it. The wagon. You nailed it. That was exciting. Um, shout out to Josh Strickland, who loves the corn dogs. They're my favorite as well. Good, he has taste. This one I feel like you're gonna know, but Let's I see. love it. It's one of my favorite trivia okay. questions. Which classic Disney character can be found in the queue for the Indiana Jones ride? Figment. No, no, not Fig. Eeyore. No, it's Eeyore. I'm wrong on both. It's Eeyore. Oh, well, well. Here's here. What's interesting is this. Is what I'll say. Here's, this is a beautiful, beautiful figment is something else that was nowhere. It's Eeyore. Do you want to know why? Do you know why? Why it's Eeyore? Yeah. Yeah, it's built over the, the parking lot where the Eeyore lot was. My other question was, what used to be in the location where Indiana Jones is now? Eeyore parking oh lot. Oh my god! Isn't that wild? Isn't we that We are so wild? connected. But I have some backup ones. Have you seen it? The Eeyore parking lot? Like the sign? No. You have to ask a cast member to show it, shine a flashlight. It's the only way. Done. Next time. I'm making it happen. Yeah. Mary Blair can be seen in two places in It's a Small World in Disneyland. Where, what are they? Two places. Do you know any of them? This is so good. Mine are I mean, hard. I can, I can see Mary Blair in every doll, in every yeah, piece of that's clothing. That's the real thing. I see Mary Blair. In every inch of it's a small world. I'm sure that I, I think she's a doll in somewhere in the ride. And I'm I'm gonna need a hint. This is a really good one. This is one that I knew, one of them, and the person on my team knew the other one. Mary Blair is in the Eiffel Tower in the France section. And then my favorite one is there's a harp at the back of I wanna say Ireland. Uh-huh. Yes. There's a harp and she's like the of the harp. Do you have, here, side, side question, do you have a favorite It's a Small World doll? When I was a kid, my sisters, Gilana and Aliza, loved the hula dancers. Yes. And I loved the laughing hyena. Oh, quintessential, incredible. This is a hot take. I love the Disney characters in the Small World ride. I, I love it. I love the Disney characters. I love the, the small, like, melodies that, that are hidden underneath the main theme. I love it all. Yes, yes. I am... Um, my favorite doll, I don't know if it's in world, I think it's just in land, but when you go into the UK, there's, a, you know, the big moon 
and then there's the London Bridge in front of it. And it's not, you know, like a, like the, the actual child dolls that are the staple, you know, base of all the, it's a small world dolls, but it's one of those like wooden dolls that are like the ones in the hot air balloon and the random ones throughout the ride. It is dressed like a schoolboy, and then it just has a, a pendant banner and the banner just school. And I always think of this little doll, like just waving this banner that says school. And it's just like my favorite part of seeing, it's a, it's a good one to look out for and it's a small world. Okay. I think that's sorry. my next Halloween costume. I want to be that doll. <gasps> oh, uh, oh, that is, that is, that is, that is, that's I, I'll send you a picture after, after this, but um, okay. Last questions. Which restaurant at Disneyland has been there since 1955? And I'm going to tell you, it's been renamed, but it's the same oh. restaurant. It's the same location and building. Some renovations, but it's been a restaurant since 1955. I don't think I know. Um, I don't think I know this. I'm yeah. Give a hint. It's come up in this conversation because you had to help me. Oh, okay. Carnation Cafe. No. No, though I do love my Carnation Cafe. It's near where you can get corn dogs down Main Street. Oh, 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 um, uh, not Carnation Cafe, but, oh, I, It I, used I to be called the Red Wagon Inn. Oh my gosh. I, 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 not, no, I'm thinking of World. I was about to say Casey's Corner, but that's not what it is. What is other it? Other side, I'm other bad. side. It's, in 1965, it was renamed to be the Plaza Inn. Oh, the Plaza Inn, man. I know. I just, I don't eat on Main Street. I do the brunch now at Carnation. It's my favorite. I think I ate, because Plaza Inn is to the right. Yeah, down, it's it's near the hub. Yeah. Okay, between Tomorrowland and Main Street. Yeah. I ate, I had a character meal there, I want to say in 2016, and it was great, but I'm just so corn duck focused <laughs> that I, I miss it entirely. Okay, here's my last question. Okay. I have two. I have two. I'm torn between asking you. So well, I have another I'll one put... ready, so we can okay, go. Great, great, we can great, go. Great, 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 okay. This must be fun for everyone listening. Wait. <laughs> yes, this is probably so fun. And mine are Disneyland specific because I have a favorite Disney trivia, but it's World. So I'm not going to ask you. We should ask that at the end of this because okay, great. people are listening, and maybe I'll know These... it randomly. I won't. I promise. I won't. These are going to be you know it or you don't know it. Okay. One shortest ride at Disneyland. Shortest ride. Peter Pan's flight. And by close, I mean, I don't know what I mean by close because it's not close at all, but it is outdoors. It's not Peter Pan. No. It's not Casey at, Jr. Me, last time I checked, I was told this is the shortest and I got it right in the trivia competition. Thinking you, you go past Casey, you go past just a small world. So we're talking like Toontown? <laughs> it's, not, it's not the roller coaster in Toontown, is it? It is. I think it's Gadget's Go Coaster is the shortest ride. I feel like it's not running anymore, but but let's is it say, not? I don't Listen, it as of as of uh, July or no, not July, March when I did my last trivia night, it was. I believe the answer, <laughs> but I don't know if it was truth. Um, but Peter Pan's flight so fast. I know so you love fast. it, but like it's like you're done. You make it like it's so you're fast. like here we go. You're done. Yeah. You're done. You like, your boat like hits the landing. Um, I'm gonna ask you another question that I had prepared. Great. Just in case. Um, where in Disneyland can you see a wall with two patterns of bricks? <gasps> a wall with two patterns of bricks? Like this is something I love. Like I don't know if I know the answers to this, but I love it. Well, one might think it would be between lands or no. It's not, it's actually down an alley of Main Street. And the legend goes that they were trying to figure out which pattern they liked the best. But you Wait, can I see love that. This. You get to go see it and like, it's really awesome. There's a drinking fountain, but like, you know, I don't think many people will notice it, but if you take a step back, you're like, oh, these are two patterns. I love that it. That is the exact thing that I love. Do you want my last, last Disney one or do you want my world one? Let's do last Disneyland one. Uh, who, at the popcorn stations, they always have different figurines churning the popcorn. Yes. Who is in Tomorrowland? What little doll? It's a deep cut space e Disney reference. I can smell it. I can see it. I used to work in Tomorrowland. 
I don't know it. It's got a helmet mm. rocketeer. Oh my gosh. The Rocketeer. Yeah. I loved that movie too. Incredible. Incredible. I have my last one, which kind of goes with the bricks thing in that why, do you know why Tower of Terror in Disney's Hollywood Studios is the color it is? That like salmony, coral, peachy color. Does it have to do with airplanes? No. Yeah. But it's the sort of thing where it's just, it's just this, much like the bricks, it's this like imagineering thing. When they were built studios, they already had Epcot and they're looking at studios, looking at Tower of Terror. They realize they can see Tower of Terror from the back of Morocco. That when you look at the Morocco Pavilion, Tower of Terror is behind it. So they said, oh, to blend it in, however many miles away, we should paint that the same color as Morocco. Isn't that amazing? I love that. But like, that's the sort of stuff I love where it's like, oh, in the process, like these bricks, which one's better? I oh, will just leave this here. It's like, why is Tower of Terror? It's kind of this like old, I mean, it's very like old Hollywood, like worn down sun bleached LA Hollywood, like coloring, but it's, it's the same color as Morocco because then you just see this random building in the background of Morocco and it's Tower of Terror. You did it so well. Thank you for those great questions. Gosh, you're like my favorite person. What if we started our own trivia um, group? What would we be called? Oh, gosh. I don't know. The Young at Hearts. The Young at Hearts. We could be the Bob Garitas. Bob Garitas. If I ever start a gang, we would be called the Single Riders. I love it. That's incredible. That's amazing. Perfect. Now let's hear from some of you. Uh-huh. Stephanie, we put on social media. The fans are really excited to hear about you and your love of Disney. So let's jump right in. Mark asks, which Disney movie, whether animated or live action, has your favorite score? Excellent. Excellent question. Obviously, I've said it a hundred times during this. I love Beauty and the Beast. And I think why the musical is so brilliant is that all the unmusicalized moments or the ones, you know, that weren't lyrics that I loved from the score of Beauty and the Beast became songs like the poem or the part in, is it I Can't Love Her, where it's the dun, 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 Like all of those moments are amazing. Alan Menken added in a scene change for the tour of Newsies that wasn't in the original production. It kind of sounded like Beauty and the Beast and it was kind of the best moment of my day every day that I did Newsies. Yeah, of course. What about yours? Do you have one? Favorite score? Hercules. Oh, well, who put the Gladden Gladiator? Hercules. <laughs> Every time I talk to my dear friend, LaChance, I always say, what a pro, because that was her line. What a pro, my favorite flavor. <laughs> uh, so um, speaking of Newsies, Josh wants to know, what would Catherine and Jack's perfect Disney date include? I mean, I definitely think for Jack's affinity for, you know, Santa Fe in the, that landscape, he would love Big Thunder Mountain. I think he would thrive on Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and then Catherine, I, um, I mean, I think she would, she would obviously like Big Thunder Mountain as well, but I think anytime, might, she might like the new refurb of Pirates because she, I think she'd be a big Red fan. Totally, I love that. Yeah. So together they could, you know, and especially if they're at Disneyland, which makes sense because it's closer to Santa Fe, they mm -hmm. would really love going on Big Thunder and then a quick jaunt over to Pirates back and forth all day. It would be very yeah. sweet. Maybe grab um, a beignet or something. Oh, totally. In the same vein, Jen Rubin 10 asks, if the park sold Catherine Plummer themed mini ears, what would they look like? Oh, I mean, she has, those costumes are incredible. I definitely think it would probably be either her, um, her Jacoby's Deli, which is also Watch What Happens costume or the, um, finale costume. My favorite costume is that in Jacoby's Deli scene, the, where she sees Watch What Happens, where she's a little best, her tie, you wouldn't know except unless you were really close, has little angelfish on it, which is so random. But I always thought that was kind of cool and that, you know, Catherine is this very, comes from a privileged background, like in wealth and like everyone in her family is very, <laughs> literally wears stark black and white outfits. And so when she gets to play with color and play with kind of 
getting out of that, you know, really conservative, refined, kept in ensembles that she has to wear, being fun. So I think the angelfish is always something I thought she was like picking it out. Like, you know what? I want that English tie. But obviously probably one of those patterns plus a little like newspaper ode somewhere in there. Anna asks, how would you explain the Disney parks to aliens? Oh, wow. I'd say, well, there was a man who wanted a place where all generations could have fun together. And so he built this place that you pay to go to where people tell stories and you experience the stories through physical rides, much like your spaceship, or um, eating in themed restaurants and such. So I think it's basically a place that you go to to experience the stories that you are told that are basically uh, crafted and uh, selected by this company. (laughs) What would you say, David? Well, they'd be like, okay, but explain the big rodent. (laughs) Yes. Well, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I would say probably I'd be like, well, on your planet, do you experience the emotion of happiness? (laughs) Because that's what Uh it is. I think you explained it really well. That's what I would say. And then I'd be like, break it down. And I'd and I'd say, let me tell you this whole thing. And I'd pull out a, like a giant board and be like, so also the lucky rabbit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is where we got to today. Yeah. Or like you'd call Buzz Lightyear over, like, come on, let's, let's talk. Yes. The green, the green aliens. I'd get, I'd yeah, get the green, green aliens. aliens. I'm like, let's start with Tokyo Disney. Look at these mochi. <laughs> Last question. S. Powell 5050 wants to know, who is your favorite Disney princess? Which I think at this point we were very aware. Yes. I'm a 91 bebe. I love Belle. Belle was it for me just because I think I love to read. I, I, I loved stories and- You love Stockholm Syndrome. I, yeah, you know me, Beauty and the Beast, fan of the opera. Um, and so that was really it for me. But I also, I think that um, there's so many I love. I love, I'm so excited about Mulan. I love Mulan. I am, um, I just, I love, I love them all so much. I love- I think Rapunzel's great. I mean, they're all, they're all amazing. I love them all. Anytime we have new princess stuff in the parks, I'm all for it. Whether it's, you know, I was so excited about the Rapunzel restrooms. I can't tell you how excited I am about Tiana's new attraction. And I'm so, I'm also, I want, I, I don't know which one it would function better as, whether a Princess and the Frog musical or Princess and the Frog, I guess you would say live action, although at some point it'll have to be CGI with frogs, but I don't know which one would be better. Do you have an opinion? I love the score, so I would love to see it on Broadway. And I think there's a lot of moments can, more moments to be musicalized. Yeah, it's very theatrical, you know? Yeah, yeah, so great. So you're doing that. <laughs> I'm doing that, I'm on it. Well, maybe it's not my story to tell, but I want to yeah. be supportive. Great. Some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Stephanie, it's Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. You let me know which one you prefer. Here comes your first Tweedledee or Tweedledum Space Mountain or Expedition Everest? <gasps> no. Uh, land or world? Oh, Whichever wow. your heart leads you to. Then, because we have options, I guess I'll say space, even though Everest is incredible. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella? Cinderella. But I like Aurora's costumes. Yeah, that one's a tricky one. She just has like 17 live dialogue. I don't have a lot to go go off. What if that was like subconsciously, I'm asking you if you like Disneyland or Disney World better? I know, that's (laughs) tough, that's tough. I mean, because the score of Cinderella, I love. The, The movie of Sleeping Beauty, I love. Well, I love, I mean, the like even just like the background work of the animation in Sleeping Beauty can't be beat. But I do well, both. I, yeah. Aesthetically love Aurora, love her strong bang. But I just think I, I think again, because I grew up with World Cinderella, but who knows? Tweedledee or Tweedledum, the teacups or Dumbo the Flying Elephant? Dumbo the Flying Elephant, because I think of no, I mean, now, no. I prefer Dumbo originally in World, 
I still prefer, I like where D- Dumbo is in land, but I, I prefer the original Dumbo in world. And I prefer teacups in land to world. So, but I'll say Dumbo. Okay. I like being able to see, it's the best place to see like construction. Uh-huh. Like you get up there, you get up there and you can find, you can see, you're like, oh, there's the Tron coaster. You're like, is that, is that the Tower of Terror? You're like, no, 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 that's Morocco. <laughs> that, oh my God, he's bringing it back. He's bringing it back. Callback. I, I love a good callback. Okay, final Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Seize the day or masquerade? Uh, I've got to go with seize the day, carpe that diem. Listen, they're both great, but it's like seize the day, end of act one, masquerade beginning of act two. Got to say, seize the day. Stephanie, if you had to put into words how you feel when you see the castle down Main Street, what would you say? I would say, I mean, happiness, home. It's, I think it's the number one thing that no matter what just brings me joy and happiness and whether it's excitement, it can be excitement or it can be like my ASMR is just, you know, Disney. So it's just happiness, joy, and home. What about you? Perfect. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, So the next time you go to a Disney park, what's the first thing you want to do? Oh, I just want to, you know, like take it in, take my time, and just, I mean, I'm going to beeline for those bricks, man. Yeah. I'm going to go see those two different bricks. No, but I just think I want to take my time and take everything in and just, just, you know, I think now I've watched so much stuff with now watching one day at Disney and all these different things on Disney plus, like there's so much I want to revisit at the park specifically. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time and sharing your heart and stories. This has been so much fun. I love connecting, as I said in the beginning, with a real Disney fan. This has been amazing talking to you. I'm such a fan of the pod. I love the pod so much. And I know we've been talking about being on for a while, but there's so many things, even just about you specifically as a Disney fan, that make me excited. You're a B1 on Soren. You're that top middle middle section. You're B1. You're the best. Just blew my mind. That's the best compliment <laughs> I've ever been given in my entire life. <laughs> amazing. But this is this has been a dream come true being on the pod. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to go to Disneyland with you. So we'll see you at the parks. See you real soon, pal. Now is the time to seize the day. Dun 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 da 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 da. Oh boy. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.